Welcome to another amazing conversation on the Pace and Freedom, a Liberty Caster podcast. And I am your host, James Pace. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe this podcast, which you can find on many podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. Take the time to like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Find all of the links in the description below. My today's guest is Benjamin Ryan Teeter, also known as Anarcho Gungai, Vice Chair of the Cape Fear Libertarian Party, and we talk about the armed rallies, the NAP, and the Libertarian Party. Of course, make sure to check out my friends at the Liberty Caster, a network of content dedicated to be free and independent. With five amazing podcasts and growing, you can find news, interviews, talk shows, and more. Shout out to Torch News with Jake and Brandon, The Exchange Podcast with Kevin Warnhold, Radio Free New York with Kevin Wilson, Voice of Liberty with Henrik, The Commander's Table with Ken Armstrong, and soon to be more shows for your independent and freedom fix. Before we get started with today's conversation, I want to talk about Cash App and how you can get $5 or more for free. Cash App is the easiest way to transfer and receive money between friends and family. You can also make purchases with your free Cash App debit card anywhere Visa debit cards are accepted. With Cash App, you can also purchase and sell stock in the stock market for as little as $1 with no fees. You can also purchase and sell Bitcoin. How to earn your free $5? Download the Cash App from your app store and sign up using the referral code in the description and $5 will automatically go into your Cash App account. Want to earn more than $5? Refer your friends and family to sign up by inviting them from your Cash App and for every one person that signs up, you earn $5 free. Now, without further ado, enjoy this conversation. So today I have Ryan Teeter, also known as Anarcho Gun Guy. Him and I have been uh, passing around messages here back and forth talking about gun rights, uh, Second Amendment, and carrying guns at rallies. And then uh, you were supposed to be on a couple of days ago, and then you got arrested at a rally. So that must have been fun. Yep, I was. I was in jail. <laughs> it's always a great time. Yeah, I don't think uh, I I've been apprehended numerous times, but never actually got thrown in jail. So that was number eight or nine. Nice. Hey, keep the record going, I guess. Oh, yeah. First, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself further. What is it that you do? What have you been doing? What do you do in the Libertarian Party, et cetera? Sure. Uh, so I'm Benjamin Ryan Teeter. Uh, I'm the vice chair of the Cape Fear Regional Affiliate in North Carolina, and I'm on the executive committee uh, for the North Carolina Libertarian Party. Um, I run my page, the Anarcho Gun Guy, uh, and I work primarily with libertarian outreach in our state. Really good. And kind of tell us, what, what, do, what do you do as Anarcho Gun Guy? What, what's your main objective? So that's that's my personal page. Uh, the Anarcho Gun Guy, I'm, I'm trying to build up a little bit of a following, possibly eventually once it's large enough, launch some merchandise and essentially try to make it so I can uh, participate in Liberty stuff full time. I'm, I'm trying to get it to at least where I can cover the expenses of going to rallies, help out with the cost of gear and ammunition and everything. 
I, I do put a lot into it, whether it's driving across, uh, across a state or a, th across several states uh, to get to this stuff, cost of lodging and food and everything. It, it does add up and I'm not a rich guy. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm using that to try to, um, to, tr to try to take care of that some for myself at some point right now. I'm, it's, it's just for fun. Uh, we get on there and have a good time, get post some funny stuff. Um, really just get out there and use it for outreach. Um, I have been using it to do some of the organizing for the rallies in North Carolina, but we are launching a new group and page called meal team six. Um, so that's where a lot of that is going to migrate to soon. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, none of us libertarians are, are rich. It seems like, uh, yeah. most of us have full-time jobs or part-time jobs and, uh, just making it by very few will have full-time, uh, Liberty fighting positions I had right. Connor Boyack last week on the, uh, on the podcast. He's a full-time president of the, uh, Liberta Institute and man, I wish I can get that kind of job. So, but right. <laughs> What we do what we can and uh definitely I I talk to a lot of libertarians, especially lately, because there seems to be a division within the libertarian movement, not necessarily in the libertarian party. And I mean there is a division in the libertarian party as well. Especially going on with these rallies. There's a a, a group that believes that what kind of what you're doing going to rallies armed and geared up in militia gear and clothing can be uh intimidating and violation of the non-aggression principle we know that ron newsom called you a, a terrorist a domestic terrorist a domestic yep. terrorist and then there's i take as a compliment hey uh, you know and that's the other thing you know for libertarians within uh, ourselves we like being called rebels um, against the state, uh, terrorist. It's not what we intend to do, but it's what is necessary, right? At times. Um, yeah, well, well, look, the, the founding fathers were called terrorists. The IRA was and frequently still is called a terrorist organization. Um, for, for someone to lump me in with those two groups of people is the highest honor I could personally think of. Absolutely. Uh, I take that as an, as a absolute compliment. And obviously, as libertarians, we're anti-war. The guys in the Middle East being called terrorists, as long as they're not coming over here, I take no issue with farmers and, and civilians taking up arms to fight an invading army. Uh, so I see no result, or I see no end of this where I should take being called a terrorist as a negative. And I get called a lot worse things in my time since I became a, or discovered that I was a libertarian. Everything from crazy to... Uh, tinfoil hat guy but yeah terrorist is not like the worst thing that somebody can be called in no. in these times the one thing i guess i'm kind of i teeter on the on the on the middle line there when it comes to this argument i'm kind of right there in the middle where yeah i can see where ron newsom worries that we might be setting a bad example or not necessarily a bad example but put on bad press when we go to these rallies. I think he did a horrible job explaining it. I think, as I told many, many libertarians that argue against the other side, your side of the libertarian aisle, where you're out there to defend, I tell them we need to be talking about the NAP and debate if this falls within the NAP, the, 
the non-aggression principle for those that don't know what the NAP is. And I kind of determined after debating with other libertarians, when we debate about the non-aggression principle is that what you're doing is non-aggression because in essence, as Rothbard uh, has put it, whenever we go, whenever we um, have aggression against the state, it is actually morally correct because the state has already robbed us from uh, liberties and property. Right. I think it's a more simple argument than that, though. We didn't being armed to, and prepared to defend yourself isn't aggression. That is defensive force. So without even having to go to the argument of have we been aggressed against and are we actively taking defense, we're not actively doing anything. It's passive defense. Being armed in a public area is not a, that's like asking if someone who's concealed or open carrying a pistol is, is if it's a form of aggression against somebody. I, I don't even know, understand why this is a debate that people feel like we need to have. I don't think there's a question there. And I agree if it was just us libertarians, but when I think the, the fear that a lot of libertarians have, and again, I, I just, I'm trying to be in the middle and just try to sort through all of this is uh, I had a discussion a very mini discussion with Kim Ruff. And we talked about how we, we get into trouble when we, we kind of align ourselves with people that go to these rallies as well, armed and are wearing Nazi symbols and Confederate symbols. I don't know if you've seen any of those at your rallies, but the mainstream media shut them down. That's not something we're putting up with at our rallies. Right. And it's a shame that mainstream media doesn't show this. I think if, mainstream media showed that we're shutting these people down and we're defending. We expect that they will not show that we expect that whatever they show is going to be negative. So we, as soon as we identify these people, they are, we, we immediately shut it down. We don't give the media a chance uh, to have anything to, to get a look at it. Uh, And if they do, it's going to be us. It's going to be a look at us stopping them. And we, then we stop. And we 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 have a little bit of a relationship with the media that's been coming out to these. They've come out twice now. They know some of the guys from the Reopen NC rallies. And I would like to clarify: this is not affiliated with the Reopen North Carolina movement. Uh, in North so in North Carolina, you are not allowed to have a rally while armed. You can, you have to choose which of your constitutional rights you want to exercise at once. Which is an anarchist. There's a whole other level we could argue with this, but I'm, right. I'm I have to be willing to work with people who don't agree with me on 100 percent of everything. With this, we have constitutionalists in here, we have independents, and we have a lot of people who are becoming libertarians through this. Right. Uh, so I have to be willing to make a constitutional argument with these people. My argument there would be, where in the Constitution does it say you have to select which of your rights to exercise at once? It's exactly. preposterous. Um, but so we are not affiliated. This is not a rally. This is an exercise group because exercise is deemed an essential activity. That's why we've called ourselves Meal Team Six. It's we're going to get together and we're going to go for a walk. We're going to stop at a restaurant, preferably preferably a local business if possible. We've been looking for some of those, but obviously they don't really want to publicize that they're open right now, so they don't get shut down and fined. So we're going around trying to find a local business to eat at, have some lunch, and then do a little walk around the Capitol. Uh, It's not a rally. We're not threatening anybody. It's just a group of like-minded people who want to get together. And even if it was a rally, like you said, what's the difference if you go armed and unarmed? It's not like you have to pick one right over the other, right? And I guess what we need to also be looking at is what are we going to do with mainstream media? I mean, they they show these people, and not in necessarily North Carolina. I'm look. I'm talking about nationwide. 
they'll record footage of people wearing Confederate flags and Nazi symbols and these people that are not libertarian at all. And they'll have, they'll see them using the same vocabulary that we do that libertarians use constitution, individual rights, individual sovereignty. And these people don't even believe in any of those things. They believe in fascism. So what can libertarians like you and I and all the other podcasters that are just arguing this discussion about who's right or wrong about who, you know, taking arms to protests or rallies or to the state capital, what is the discussion that we should be having instead, in your opinion? I think we just need to spread a positive message. If something is not violating the NAP, people can say it's a bad look all they want. That's what Amash said. Obviously, uh, clearly, I disagree with that. But um, frankly, we're we're to the point where I'm not too concerned if it's a bad look or not. Uh, the media, whatever we do, the media will portray it negatively. Uh, if we try to act like a serious party, they treat us like a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. Peaceful, the peaceful protests in North Carolina with reopening, see, they keep arresting peaceful protesters, uh, which is how this got started. This was in response to them refusing to allow people to exercise their First Amendment rights. Um, but I'm, I'm not, frankly, I'm not concerned if it's a good look anymore. Um, the overreach is getting worse and worse. Uh, and it's, it's time to start building communities like this that are willing to stand up and, and really show that they're willing to stand up uh, when it hits the fan. Absolutely. I think we have to find a way to convince. And we are convincing a lot of people, especially with how much overreach has happened here in California. I mean, they're taking away your kids. If, uh, if you have the, if you have COVID-19 in, in your, in your household without a fair trial, they simply take away your kids and they say it's temporary. And as long as you get cured or you, you're better, uh, we'll return your kids. And I, I just, the only time I've ever heard of anything like that is in fascist countries where they can come in and take away your kids because you have a medical condition. This isn't even the first time we've done something like that. We did it with the internment of the Japanese uh, before we just went in and started grabbing people. Yeah. No, uh, no I don't think this is even a new precedent for America. Uh, fr- frankly, I'm pretty unimpressed that we're going back to this after the first time. Right. The same thing happened with the native Americans. I mean, we have, we have a pretty awful track record with this stuff. So the, the, uh, it's getting to the point where it'd be hard to make an argument that we're not a fascist country. Right. So this is not an argument I'm about to make. Right. Here in, in California, at least, I mean, we, I love the state for, for the weather, definitely. And overall, the people can be pretty nice. But we, here, it's just a, I can't, I personally can't own a gun because of how strict the, the red flag laws are here. Right. Something that I've been trying to battle for a very long time. And, I think I'm almost there where I can win and can uh, purchase a firearm if I want to, but it's, it's just this uphill battle and people give up so easily. And they say that it's, Oh, they, they justify to themselves that it's just, Oh, the government's just trying to help me. They're just trying to defend, defend me or protect me or whatever the case may be. And I don't know. I think the libertarian party needs to be doing a lot more to spread to really 
find the, the, the right language to convince people that, hey, you're being brainwashed. And again, it comes back, we're divided within the party. Uh, now that Amash has thrown himself into the race, uh, it has divided us even more. And I mean, that could be a plot by the two major parties. Who knows? Again, there, there goes my tinfoil hat again. What, what is your opinion? Uh, and what does it look like in North Carolina? What's the view about Amash right now? Uh, North Carolina has always been split very cleanly between Hornberger and Vermin Supreme, as far as I have been able to tell. Uh, I don't think a mash entering has changed North Carolina much. We are a relatively radical state, I believe. Um, frankly, we're just tired of running the praggy choice because we, we need to run someone that other people can get behind. We do it every year. It's what we did with Johnson twice, and it didn't work either time. Frankly, we're sick of running Republican light and Democrat light and getting terrible results because, of course, we're getting terrible results when we just take outcasts from other parties. Uh, in my opinion on Amash himself, Amash has been talking about this for, what, almost two years now? That means he had almost two years to change his registration to a libertarian uh, or to start doing outreach with the party or to start participating in presidential debates. Amash doesn't do any of that because he's not interested in helping the liberty movement or the libertarian party. Amash realized that after he said something about about Trump, he wasn't going to win re-election. And now he's running to us to try to gain some type of notoriety to to at least slowly fall or slowly ease his spiraling political career. Then he's going to go write a book, uh, make some money off that, and ride <laughs> off into the sunset. Amash is not going to stay in the Libertarian Party. Uh, right. Frankly, I think anyone who thinks he will is a doofus. We had some pretty decent candidates before – I mean, I'm not impressed with uh, Hornberger. He's all right. I'm not a great fan, but if I had to put Vermin Supreme and him, I would go with Hornberger for sure. Uh, Vermin knows very well that I, I don't agree with a lot of his, um, his tactics, uh, for say. We had Mark Whitney. We've had yeah. uh, Kim Ruff. Kim Ruff, I thought, was probably the best in my opinion. I don't know about yours. She, yes, I agree. I think Kim Ruff would have been one of the best candidates we've ever had. Yeah. And, um, it was, and I was, I, it was unfortunate that she had to drop out of the race. Right. Sure. And uh, same with Ken uh, Armstrong, who ended up dropping out of the presidential race and decided to move into the vice presidential race. So I'm not too excited about who's left and, uh, I don't know what most libertarians will do. I know what happened last time where there was a good amount of libertarians that decided because of what ended up being the result with Gary Johnson and Bill Weld ended up voting for Trump or Hillary Clinton, which was very sad. What it, if Amash got the nomination, what do you think will, will end up happening? You think more of the same? I think the fallout will be worse if Amash gets the nomination this time. Uh, what I have seen is that a lot of the more radical libertarians who I think tend to be the more active libertarians, the people who really are willing to put boots on the ground when we need it, um, tend to be more radical because that's the side that's easier to mobilize. It. The more radical someone is, the more they tend to really care about what's happening. Um, and I know a, a lot of people are fed up with it, of, of – we, we put in all the work for three years, and then the Praggies swoop in on year four. We run someone who doesn't represent us. 
and it happens over and over again. Um, I, I know of a number of people who are, who are likely going to be done with the Libertarian Party, if that's the case. Um, and man, I, I always thought I would be one of the last anarchists hanging in there. But the way things are going right now, that's getting really tough. I've been talking about this on my podcast since last year as well about how, and I, I kind of knew this was going to happen. I, it's happened over and over again. And I, I, I wasn't for sure if it was going to be a mosh or not, but uh, I definitely predicted that something like this would happen. Uh, I mentioned it to Mark Whitney and I mentioned it to uh, Kim Ruff and my episode with her. I, I said it clearly. I was like, what are you going to do? if somebody from the other party jumps in, you know, at the time when she was running, she said, we're going to, essentially she said they're going to, she was going to kick his ass, but unfortunately she ended up having to drop out. Uh, I think with what's going on, I think we need to, and this is just kind of my vision, right? Uh, what the libertarian party should do. And you can, um, I want to hear what you think about it we need to start focusing more on smaller government, um, more localized governments. We need to get a lot more people in office at the local level and not dedicate all of our resources to the federal level, uh, especially with the presidential office. In all honesty, a libertarian president will not be able to do much for us. In my opinion, it's a very, it's supposed to be a very limited power. And if you have somebody that's principled like uh, Harnberger, he's not going to be able to do much with a bipartisan or a dual party uh, house. They're, they're not going to take him seriously. They're not going to, uh, they're just going to make it very difficult for whoever the libertarian president may be. And unless we get more localized government, and show people that we are capable of making some real changes and really defending their liberties, I don't see us ever growing past what we are right now. I would agree with that. I think beyond that, I think people don't understand our goals properly. Uh, at the point when we have enough of the vote to get a big L libertarian president into the White House, we have enough people that we can, where we can just ignore the government into non-existence. Our, our goal isn't to get a president into the White House. Our goal is to have enough support that we could get a president into the White House and then just not participate in the system anymore. Uh, I think the most important thing we could do is run libertarians for sheriff. We should have a libertarian running for sheriff in Absolutely. every county where we have enough people to put that forward. And I don't think I've, – I've operated in counties where we ran just – we, we waited a couple years to grow and then ran just one or two candidates and then everybody else would support them. I've also worked in counties where right off the bat, we wanted to run somebody for every position. And then about 75% of our affiliate was made up of candidates. We don't have the manpower to do that. People can't do it alone. If we could pick one position, and I do think sheriff is the best one, especially since libertarian affiliates are generally set up by county party. Um, that is a position where we can make a massive difference. We can just stop enforcing victimless crime. Yeah. We, we can stop enforcing those laws. We can refuse to uh, allocate resources into going after that. We can, we can put life and property above all else, and we can do a great job protecting those and just ignore the stuff that involves people not hurting anybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
we put way too much uh, resources into, I think, that at the national level. And I say this from personal experience. I ran here in San Diego as a city council, uh, for city council. And the, the response that I got is, we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough resources to help you out. Because they don't give the counties as much resources as they give at the national level. And I think it's a waste of resources because nationwide, nobody's going to support us unless we have some sort of example to set. And that example needs to come from the local level. Yeah, I would do. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. As I, I don't know about uh, Cape Fear, but what are you guys doing for local um offices and what kind of resources do you do you guys get from the uh, at the national level we get zero resources from national or state uh we now state does occasionally give us um papering products stuff like that libertarian branded items bumper stickers uh pamphlets that stuff but as far as monetary support it's just whatever the local members can come up with we we kind of just crowdsource it from our membership um so we are not we have not been running any candidates lately. We had one county that waited. We had one county that really pushed. And there's the two. New Hanover County really pushed to begin with and kind of burned out. Pender County has been waiting. We are planning to uh, run a Pender County Sheriff's race in 2022 as things stand for Pender County. We'll likely end up doing something very similar in New Hanover. Uh, and right now we have a candidate running in Brunswick County. Uh, he is running for uh, the state house um and then we're hoping we, we are just starting up an affiliate in onslow county where we will likely end up doing the same thing this year just so nice. we can put our resources behind one person and in a lot of these states so we have some rural counties out here new hanover is the only one that's really populous that's where wilmington is um but brunswick is a it's not exactly rural but it's definitely more rural than new hanover and pinder is still a relatively rural county especially the west side of the right. county uh, so we're feeling like the message we would have uh, for with a sheriff candidate is something that would really resonate, particularly in Pender County. And the people here just want to be left alone and let live their life. You talk a lot about um, kind of the people of North Carolina. I don't know how many people that that actually is right. And I mean, North Carolina is one of those more rural style states uh, like South Dakota, North Dakota. Uh, I'm not entirely sure of South Dakota or South uh, Carolina, but uh, we have these governments in these places like Montana. That's also a very rural um, country. You would think that we would see more libertarian leaning uh, governments in these States. And yet these people are, are in control. Is it because of the people having that attitude of we just want to be left alone and I don't want to deal with it. Are people not going out to vote? What, what is the issue there? I think it's just how many, how ingrained the two party system is at this point. Right. It, it's a massive uphill battle, especially when, like you said, the mainstream media, no matter what we say is always going to cut it in a way that's negative to us. It's always going to treat us like a joke. Right. Absolutely. Uh, luckily we have podcasts and, uh, YouTube channels are starting to get shut down though, but we, uh, there's this, uh, there's definitely this fear that we're getting shut out and censored out 
this has been going on obviously for decades. Uh, we have right now podcasts. I think I did a little bit of research and there are more libertarian podcasts than any other uh, podcasts out there. Uh, second place is uh, true crime uh, podcasts. Obviously number one will always be uh, uh, what's his face. Um, Joe Rogan. Uh, right. So, but yeah, uh, there are a lot of libertarian podcasts out there. And one thing that I've noticed, and this is to kind of give a little bit of a plug in for, for myself and, and Liberty Caster, we're all kind of, whenever I try to work with another podcaster, it seems like they don't really want to work with me or with another podcaster. They have these maybe a small groups, these small little networks like Lions of Liberty or We Are Libertarians. And uh, now we have Liberty Caster, which is starting to become a lot larger network where we have at least five pod, uh, podcast shows and growing where we're all trying to work together. But something that I've noticed with the, with all these other podcasters and just libertarians in general, we don't seem to work well together. <laughs> we seem to do a lot of arguing. We seem to disagree. We seem to put these purity tests on each other. Yeah. It kind of makes like us. Herding cats. Yeah. Is exactly, and I get it because one of our principles is not to be really governed by anybody. It's because of where we're at right now, growth-wise. It's it's a party of rebels. It's the people who were will who are willing to go out on a limb and do their own thing, and right. the people who are willing to do their own thing want to do their own thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's definitely difficult. And uh, one of the examples I like using, I tried using with someone because we were arguing that as well. We were like, I was trying to express my concern that we're not working together. We're not working as a community. And they try to throw at my face that, well, the, the rebel thing and the forefathers, well, the forefathers did work together and they did organize a militia to fight. You have to, yeah, you have to work together to accomplish anything. None of us are going to make a big splash on our own. Absolutely. And uh, what, what message do you want to give? Uh, to libertarians on that on that note yes uh we yeah there were there were 56 founding fathers who originally signed the declaration of independence uh, you you have to be willing to work together there none of us can how much of a splash we're going to make on our own and it it does go up exponentially with the uh, increased number of people i believe if you have 10 people doing something, it's going to make more than 10 times the difference. One person doing something does. One person doing something gets zero attention. 10 people doing something, we've, we, we've been having our rallies. They don't. Uh, the first one had about 12. The second one, the, the number fluctuates throughout the day. Uh, but we're not getting many more than 10. If I went and did that alone, I would get completely ignored. Uh, but when 10 people show up and do it, it makes a big splash. Uh, if one person were to do this, you, you think they would make it half a mile before they got arrested? I, I guarantee they wouldn't. Uh, that's what happened to me. I left. I had to leave the rally and get away from everybody else before they before they arrested me. They don't want they don't want to deal with ten to fifteen armed people, right. even though there's hundreds of them. They deployed two SWAT teams the first time and didn't Jesus. try to hassle anybody until we were broken up alone. Yeah. So let's so talk. A, you have to stick together to survive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just the only way to to go about it. Um, and like you said, it's like herding cats and 
I don't know, you know, I'm kind of excited about stuff like Liberty Caster, you know, getting people together and trying to do this as a team instead of individually. And I hope that that kind of spreads. Uh, you, you were arrested at the rally after yes. you separated uh, and it was because of speeding tickets. Yeah. Uh, yep. Got a couple tickets a while back. Didn't pay them. Or I think there was one I didn't show up to court for at all. Uh, right. Victimless crimes. I've never been arrested for anything where I actually did harm to anybody. Uh, I don't have any kind of convictions where I've been, you know, where I've been stealing stuff from stores or anything. <laughs> anything they have ever got before has been victimless. They, they waited for me to leave the rally and then had, I didn't get an exact count. Obviously it was a little bit heated. Uh, eight people or sorry, eight cars and about 14 officers uh, pulled me over. Uh, I had saw, I saw a stack of cars coming up from behind me on the way out of town, tried to cut off. And as soon as I started to move over, I saw them cutting. I went, Oh, they know who I am. Um, Yeah. And so they pull me over or I pull off into a parking lot. They had, they, they didn't exactly pull me over at this point, roll down my window, stick my head out and go, is there a reason you pulled me over? Cause there was not, I had done nothing illegal while driving out of town. Uh, they go, because you're Benjamin Ryan teeter, at which point I went, <laughs> Oh shit. They've got something on me. Clearly. Right. They, they had very specifically figured out who I was and been watching me and then tracked me out of town. I mean, that's just so insane. You know, right. None of the stuff they got me on is stuff that you deploy a 14 man squad to, right. get, to pick someone up over. It's even, even for the status, it's not a big, it, none of that's a big deal. Right. Is it, I mean, they knew that you, you were going to these rallies. They knew who you were. Um, yeah. They, you know. they're looking, clearly are looking for anything they can grab to harass people who are going to this. Stuff. Right. I can only imagine, you know, and I think that's something, that's a good thing to know, right? Because I can only imagine how they went about this. I mean, they probably had, this is just me. I'm not saying this is what happened, right? But it's just my way of thinking. You were at this rally. You probably drove there, correct? In your own vehicle, as just like many other people did. While you're out doing your thing, a cop goes and checks out all these cars, knowing that they are there for the rally. Check-in license yes. flights. Let's see who I can get, right? Yep. They've been running drone surveillance on us at some of these. I do not believe they did uh, this Saturday. But right. at some of the rallies in the past, they have. And I think for all the open, reopen NC rallies, they have been. The first one, I think they expected it to be a larger turnout than it was. They deployed somewhere between 200 and 300 officers, including two SWAT teams, two helicopters, uh, and two drone teams to watch right. us. That, see, and there was, just... it was about 15 people. Yeah. I mean, it's like 1984, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really something else, but yes, yeah, so they are, that, that's something for people to know. And what I went back to before with the founding fathers, 56 people, a lot of those guys, I mean, people lost their, their homes were burned to the ground, their families yeah. and they lost everything. People lost their fortunes. Uh, people died. When you go into this, they will look for any opportunity to go after you. So that's something when I've been telling people, I, I've, I have been discussing with some people, about starting uh, similar events in very various parts of the country. The first event, I was with uh, three other guys. We got back to the original meeting point and didn't we? We were still working out our some of the kinks for that one, so we didn't have a way to communicate with everybody else. Right. Because uh, none of us knew each other at that point. So they were we're sitting there and they go, "Man, no, no one else was at the meeting point. Everybody else apparently had stayed in contact or met just met somewhere else." 
Uh, so they go, man, uh, we're not going in just, we're not going to go in just the four of us. And right. so they went home. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to, tra- that's, that's a rational thing to do. I'm not trying to, you know, trash those guys, which is why I'm not throwing any names or anything out. Uh, guys, I still have respect for showing up. Right. Uh, so I, I walked into the Capitol completely alone and I did, I was about halfway across Capitol square, uh, from where the other guys were parked. So I thought it was me completely alone walking into, you know, 250 police officers and SWAT teams and drones. You have to, you need to find someone who is willing to lose everything to get something like that started. Somebody has to be willing to, even if it's just them completely alone, walk into it uh, or it's not going to work. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I'm one of the things I'm more fearful of because we've seen government do this. I mean, they've, I cannot prove that they've done it to me necessarily, but I know for a fact that they've done it to other people and it's people with families and people with kids that when they go against the state, it's very easy for them to lose, lose their kids. And I've seen this happen. I cannot prove that it's happened to me necessarily, but sometimes it feels like it. But yeah, I, one of the things, one of my really good friends who's an activist uh, and a libertarian, it's the main reason why he won't have kids is because if he has kids, he, He's going to risk, you know, if he continues to fight for liberty, he's going to risk them. I'm in a similar boat. Uh, I've had multiple relationships that were broken off because uh, this would always come first. Yeah. So, uh, again, yeah, in the whole checking license plate things, uh, you know, if you can get a group of people and just stick together the whole time at these events and um, find a way maybe to – uh, carpool, right. And just, uh, minimize, minimize, um, the state's ability minimize to, yep, exactly. Um, I think that's a, probably a good plan there. So I had to check my, I checked, I went under, I was doing some work on my truck today, went under and crawled around just to make sure there wasn't a tracking device. In my truck. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Would man. you put it past them? No, no, I absolutely would not put it past them. Yeah. No. Just some, uh, last, Last few things before we we close out. So there's been a couple of tragedies that's happened in the in the past two months, right? Uh, we have Duncan, Duncan Lemp. Lemp. Yep, Duncan Lemp, and then the uh, gentleman that was jogging. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, Amal Arbery, right? Uh, who was yep? He was gunned down. Kind of different issues, but. Something that I've been, again, debating with other people, especially on left and right and whatnot. Uh, one incident is the SWAT team went in a uh, home and they're not no knock raids, which I think should be illegal. And um, That's why they don't know where I sleep. Duncan and I had multiple mutual friends and multiple, multiple mutual groups, which means whatever – they decided they could go after him for is probably something they could decide they would go after me for. Right. Um, right. I can't defend myself when I'm asleep. No one can. Um, your chances on your own with a no knock raid like that are so nominal. They might as well not exist. Uh, yeah. So, so the state not knowing where he sleeps. 
right. pretty much your best bet in that regard. And that's, you know, not, I don't, it doesn't matter. The state will know where I sleep as of now, but uh, my wife asks me all the time, why didn't you do the census? And I was like, I, I just don't feel like I need to give any information to the state. Um, yeah. So that, and then the other case is this gentleman was gunned down unnecessarily. Um, two totally different things, but one got a lot of news coverage and reasons being because it was a race issue. The other, what I guess because he was white, because Duncan was white and what didn't need to meet, need to and have, because it was the police. Right. And because it was the police. And in essence, what they're, I, I feel, and you can correct me or give your opinion on it is media is doing this because they want um, more gun control. Because one, they can say, oh, see, um, this happened to a black person. There was a, these white guys that have guns. This is why we need to have gun control. So we won't have racism in this country. Maybe. that's a Man, that case is a terrible argument to make for that, though, if that's what they're going to do. That was a guy with a shotgun and a revolver. Yeah. First off, worst possible options. What we're going to ban shotguns and revolvers? Those are like the two things where they've always said no. We don't want to ban those. So unless they want to go, unless they want to show their hand, show what they really want, which is what they wanted all along, which is to ban everything. Right. Because this is something you get into. You're going to do. Oh, we just want to ban AR-15s. Well, why do you want to ban AR-15s? If you go, if you follow that rabbit hole down, eventually you will get people to admit that it's the first step in banning everything, or they will realize that their logical inconsistency changed their minds. And normally it's the former. Um, I think in large part, people are getting sick and tired of the lockdowns and they need something to distract people. I credit that with at least part of it. Notice that it didn't, no one heard about it for two months. Uh, And then right when people are getting sick, right when they're doing rallies all over the country, that's when it pops up. Yeah. I think a lot of this is smoke and mirrors. Um, I would definitely credit that with part of it. Yeah. And it looks like, to a degree, justice is being served. We'll see if that sticks. I, man, I, I've heard, I, I'm not personally familiar with uh, Brunswick, Georgia, but I know some people who are, and their their um, opinion has not been that justice is going to be served in this case. Yeah. Um, I don't think it ever is, especially when it, you know, this, and I think when people hear me, especially the left, when they hear me say that this is probably one of the most racist countries in the world, um, they think that I'm talking about the the regular people and the general people. And I'm not, I'm talking about the state and who are the most incarcerated people in in jail and prisons who are, who breaks up the most, you know, what ethnicity or race gets broken up uh, the most when it comes to families, kids being taken away. Um, I mean, all of it is this huge human trafficking ring, essentially. Right. And we, we saw that this is how gun control started. The Black Panthers in California were going out armed to defend their people from the police. They right. were, they were making it so that they, California then under Reagan banned the open carry of loaded weapons. Uh, I, I, I believe that's still in effect, right? Yes. No, no open carry uh, of a went, weapon in California. It, 
it went away for a while and it came back and it just all depends on right. But it was, it was the origin of gun control is extremely racist. The origin of a lot of these things we were talking about victimless crime earlier. A lot of that is specifically to take shots at the minority communities. Yeah. That's who it hits the hardest. Right. Uh, and with that, I think, you know, we should, we should be as a, as a movement, as a libertarian movement and as a libertarian party, really be focusing on that. Um, I think we would win a lot, a lot more support. I know I the have, government has to have the government has to have an oppressed lower class to keep the political ruling class in power. Right. Um, there has to be, there has to be a little guy. It's, I think a lot of it's done intentionally for that reason. As far as individual people, man, I grew up in rural North Carolina. I grew up, um, my family has some farms out in the country. I grew up working out on those. I mean, t- we're talking towns of under 500 people. Right. There, I don't, there's not a big racial divide there. People get along. It's, yeah. A lot of it's portrayed in the media. A lot of it, I think, comes from the government. And I think there's a lot of resentment um, that, that's due. Uh, but I think most of it should be directed at the government for, yeah. for putting forth a lot of this. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I'm going to allow you to give us uh, a plug in. Uh, tell us how people can find you, how they can uh, support and um, where they can uh, get your message. All right. So if you want, I post a couple times a day on the anarcho gun guy. Um, my personal Facebook page is Benjamin Ryan Teeter. Uh, and like I said, we are just starting up uh, meal team six, which will be, specifically as it pertains to these rallies, at least for now. Hopefully we'll be able to syndicate those uh, into other areas soon, but right now it's just for the North Carolina meetups. Uh, the Anarcho Gun Guy, I try to respond to messages and comments as quickly as I possibly can. Uh, the slowest it'll be is a few hours overnight. Uh, during the day, I, we're talking about a couple minutes. Especially. Well, thank you so much for being on. I think this was a great conversation. I mean, Whenever I have conversation with libertarians or with the left or the right, I tend to agree with a lot of what either side says, you know. It's just, I think we need to do a better job in working together and meeting those common goals. Um, so, hopefully, uh, that's the kind of the message I want to spread. And uh, this, is, this conversation is an example of it. So, thank you so much. Absolutely. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.